Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. Today, we're going to talk about perfectionism from the point of view of what it makes you lose. I think for a lot of us, when we talk about our perfectionism, it's really, if you're honest, a badge of honor. So if you're thinking you're a perfectionist, notice like how it feels when you tell someone, oh, you know, when you're explaining something, I guess I'm a perfectionist and we're trying to kind of present it as a weakness, but secretly we're quite proud of it. And the reason I say we is because I know how this feels. This is what I've often done. We think it means we have very excellent standards or we do things really well, a little bit better than other people do because we have higher standards. And so when we say that, we we feel this pride. We think it's a strength. We think it's something good. And I don't want to judge it. I don't want to say it's bad. But today, what I really want to do is challenge your thinking about it. I definitely know what it feels like to be subsumed in this desire to be perfect. All my life, I can remember being very concerned about these things. I'm one of those people that can really specifically remember things from when I was young. So I remember being in grade one and my teacher was called Mrs. Hines and we got these report cards and I did well in everything except for handwriting. She thought that I had very poor uh, writing, which I did because I'd just grown a lot. My, I guess my muscles or bones weren't well enough developed. By the way, that's not my excuse for bad handwriting now. My excuse now is that I don't care about it. But in grade one, I cared about it very much. And I cared about it very much because I thought I needed to do everything at a really high standard. So I remember being like just destroyed by this comment that my handwriting needed improvement. As I got older, this need I had to be perfect kept me from doing lots of things. I used to not want to try lots of sports. I desperately wanted to play sports, but I wasn't very good at them. And I wasn't willing to go out there and practice to try to be better because I wanted to be perfect right from the get-go. My dad probably unhelpfully taught me, he used to say this over and over again, if it's not worth doing well, it's not worth doing at all. And I think a lot of us have that in us. If it's not worth doing well, it's not worth doing at all. And it sounds very benign, but it can demotivate us from doing things. I found as I got older, as I made my career decisions, I gravitated towards the stuff I was best at, meaning what other people thought I was best at. 
I ended up becoming an economist um, before I was a lawyer as an economist, even though I hated economics from day one. But it was this, I was one of those people that would do extremely well, but not at the top in a whole bunch of things. And economics was a subject that brought math and English and all these conceptual thinking, all these different things together. And so it was one of those things that I could really excel at. And because it was the thing that I did the best at, that's what I decided to do. And it didn't matter if I didn't like it, didn't matter if it was completely divorced from my interests and passions. And really underneath that choice, I believe, was my desire to always be perfect at things. So even today, even as a coach and an artist and all the things I do today, I have to be aware of the drive I have inside me to be excellent, to achieve amazingly high standards at the things I do. So knowing this, there are some things I deliberately set out to not make perfect. I think this podcast is a primary example. If it had to be perfect, it just wouldn't get done because my ideas grow and evolve. Sometimes I say things in an earlier episode and then reflect on them later. And I would say something totally different later on. I develop better answers over time. Some things I'd say completely different even a few weeks later. And then sometimes, many times I misspeak and I just leave it in. Sometimes the topics are more interesting than others. Sometimes they're really interesting to me and not so interesting to my audience. And I let that be okay. I had wanted to do the podcast much earlier on, but I wanted it to be perfect then. And the result was I didn't do it at all. I didn't do it at all for three years because of my desire to make it perfect. It was only when I decided it didn't have to be perfect, I did it. Most recently, I've been thinking a lot about perfectionism and how it has affected me and what I'm willing to try. I've taken photos since I was a child. And when I was 17, I bought my first really good camera. And I never really studied photography. It was always just something I enjoyed. I got increasingly better cameras and I took them on trips, but I never became technically proficient proficient. I just enjoyed it. And now living here in the countryside, I have taken a zillion photos and they're all just on my iPhone. I bought an iPhone with a good camera. It's good enough for me. But as I wander around my property, I've taken, I think right now, about 15,000 photographs. And more recently, I've become very interested in painting clouds in the sky. So I snap all these photos but I've never been willing to take photography courses to be trained in techniques and styles because right now, I the way I take photos, I walk around. Typically, I've got three dogs in, well, when I'm taking the photos, I move all the leashes to one hand and one of them's a five-year-old poodle who's pretty rambunctious 
and is pulling. And so I've got my one hand with my iPhone trying to take photos, pick the right lens, like, cause I've got three settings and sometimes it's shaking all around, but I just take a huge volume of them and I'm okay with that right now. I can say I'm not a photographer and I just get to take beautiful photos and share them. So a lot of people have saying, cause I post my photos and some of them are really beautiful just cause the area I live is beautiful. My worry is that if I decided to be a photographer, like people are saying, why didn't you sell your photos? Why didn't you do that as part of your art? I'm worried that if I decided to be a photographer, I'd want to perfect my craft. I'd think I needed to perfect my craft, devote myself to taking good photos, to making them better. I'd want to perfect it by being perfect at it. And when you think about it, that's really what the expression means, right? Perfecting your craft, which sounds really good. And I kind of buy into that. But if I were doing that as a photographer, instead of just a picture taker, I'm worried I'd lose a sense of the moment. I'd lose the naturalness and the sudden impulse this, this is what I need to take. And then snap, snap, no trying to figure it out. Just taking photos from a pure feeling state, taking the photo from that. And I want to keep the striving out of it, the mastering of my craft out of it, the thinking out of it. And, you know, maybe sometime I'll be able to marry all those things together with taking my photography more seriously and calling myself a photographer, but not right now. Right now I'm protecting my non-perfectionism in my photos. I'm not willing to risk this lovely, spontaneous feeling I have. All of which brings me to my central question for you. When you focus on being perfect, when you identify as a perfectionist, what do you lose? This comes up for a lot of my coaching clients, this pride in their perfectionism and eventually realizing that this very perfectionism stops them in their tracks. It's exactly what stops them from doing what they want or deeply desire to do. Just like me delaying putting out this podcast for three years. I've learned infinitely more by putting out this podcast and being willing for it to not be perfect than I learned during the three years I kept stalling, trying to come up with the exact right name, create a podcast schedule, understand the mechanics. Until one day, I just decided, Heather, in 90 days, you're going to publish your first episode. You're going to have hired a producer who can help you with the technology. You're going to put out that first episode, even if you don't know what you're going to say in the second episode. You're definitely not going to have a schedule of topics. You're going to be spontaneous and in the moment. You're going to make it simple and fun and easy for you. You're not going to imagine a big audience. You're just going to treat your audience like a good friend and you're sitting down for tea and you're talking about what's happened recently 
and you're sharing your thoughts about a problem she's having. And you're not going to go back and restate it, make it better, and edit out the times you misspeak, because that wouldn't feel just like having a coffee. I misspeak all the time when I'm live. So I get to misspeak when I'm doing my podcast. So again, when we're talking about you, what do you miss Savvy Souls doing? Experiencing, trying, putting out there because you think it has to be perfect. Here are some things I can think of that you're likely missing. You're missing actually doing a bunch of things you might actually love. You're limiting the richness of life, the deeper dimensions, the people you could be meeting, the experiences you could be enjoying, the new places and environments you could be getting to know if you could show up imperfectly. You're missing a chance to grow deeper in your love for yourself and knowing who you actually are, what you're actually experiencing and feeling now, honoring it, instead of being some exalted standard version of yourself, you're missing a chance to love yourself in all your humanness. You're missing a chance to love yourself unconditionally. Just on that second point about how being perfect causes you to miss a chance to grow deeper in your love for yourself. I think a lot of us do inner child work. A lot of us, people that are really interested in psychology anyway. For those of you who don't know what that means, that's where we take that small child part of us who still lives in us and we comfort that child. We parent that child when she feels badly or she wants to do something. When we stop insisting on perfection, we stop being that kind of parent to our inner child who insists that our inner child become an Olympic athlete or get into Harvard Law School. You know how some parents can, can be like that, right? Instead, we become the parent who loves her, our inner child, no matter how she performs and no matter how many times she fails because she doesn't have to earn our love. The third thing you might be missing is the chance to really enjoy the moment. Enjoying the moment always means just being there, not having an agenda, not worrying about the future, not trying to do better, not trying to be anywhere else than where you are now, not looking for someplace better, not looking to do something better, just doing exactly what you're doing, just observing, feeling the sensations, the tastes, the smells, the sounds, the sights, not judging, just experiencing, which by the way, is exactly what a deep sense of well-being feels like. So when you're trying to be too perfect, you're missing that deep sense of well-being that comes from being fully engaged now without an agenda of mastering or perfecting anything. Fourthly, you're missing opportunities to learn and grow because the biggest moments of self-growth always come on the shoulders of lots of failure. Growth 
comes from trying new things you haven't done before, which means lots of times you're not going to get it right. You're going to do it wrong. By the way, is doing it wrong even a thing once we ditch perfectionism? And you're going to learn from your mistakes. You're going to discover, oh, I tried that and that didn't work. But what I now know to do differently is this. And then you proceed with this new knowledge that you have. And all of that's going to be way more fun if you've already acknowledged, of course, this isn't going to be perfect. And that's okay. You know, that's my favorite saying. I'd love all of you to remember saying, and that's okay, right? Finally, the fifth thing you're going to miss is the opportunity to go after life in a way that doesn't fill you with constant stress and worry because you're not setting an impossibly high standard you can never meet. Because really, what does perfect even mean? How would you ever recognize it? Because anything could be done better, right? So perfectionism is never achieved. It's not achievable. So if that's your standard, you're going to be stressed a lot. So savvy souls, my ask is that you rethink your need to be perfect. You challenge yourself. You allow yourself to experiment, try more things, meet more people, do it wrong, say the wrong thing, and enjoy it all anyway. Step into a richer experience of life. Give yourself the opportunity to become the unconditionally loving parent of you who loves you no matter how well you do something. Allow yourself to enjoy the moment exactly as it is, exactly as you're showing up now without requiring it to be more perfect. Create a life where you encourage yourself to try things and fail and to be okay with it. And finally, allow yourself to live freely and enjoyably without the stress of perfectionism. So Savvy Souls, your mission this week is to try to be as imperfect as possible and go out and try some new things imperfectly. See you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.